This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Gohan from Dragon Ball Super, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Excuse me, Gohan, this is more of a narrator type thing. Uh, okay. Just do it more like a next time on Talk Time Live. Uh, next time on Talk Time Live. Don't quit your day job, Gohan. It's time. Talk time. Let's go. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that soft, but I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, what I teach the kids to learn how to let go, live life, and show love to all things that don't matter. Where y'all from? And luckily, there's a show called Talk Time. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news. Special guests and unbiased reviews. Suburban kids, the hipster street dudes. All can learn something new. Me too. I heard words when no faith is empty. I stayed the course, so my haters tempt me. Beep the podcast, that'll make them envy. It ain't too trendy. It's ACMG. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk Time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. gentlemen welcome back to the journal of my life that covers all things anime comics movies and games this is acmg presents talk time live the prime show i am your host xavier josiah i want to take a little minute take a little bit of, a, of your time for a minute to focus on that opening that opening uh that i do all the time and you know emphasize on the journal aspect i say that this is the journal of my life that covers all things anime comics movies and games because it does. It really does. It's everything that goes on in my life that, you know, I endure throughout the week that involves some of our favorite fandoms. Sometimes it also involves some things that goes on in our world. You know, even world events sometimes that, that really affect us in a big way. Sometimes that things are going on in our world that really hits us hard. And... The reason why I'm bringing this up is because, you know, this may possibly be the most significant, if not hardest episode for me to get through because and, and, and for all those listening right now, for our new listeners, welcome. And I'll, I kind of apologize for what I'm about to say, because this is not the way this normal show goes, but this episode is going to be interesting for me from a, from a mental standpoint, because um you know things happen in the world things that are going on in the world in the real world i should say you know we are going through a lot of things going on right now politics uh, world events even local 
you know, situations, a lot of shootings, a lot of violence going on in every city in this country, a lot of crazy things. And I won't take up too much time on this because we got a lot to talk about this week, but I just feel like I got to get this out. And this is my journal. So, you know, every once in a while during my journals, there's something significant going on in the world. This is something that happened to me just yesterday that I almost I can't and won't get into too much emphasis on it for a lot of reasons. But I will say that like during my normal bike outings in the morning or whatever like that, my, my piece of time, if you will, I unfortunately ran into a bit of a tragic situation yesterday that, you know, it, it's it's a really sad thing. And it, like I said, this is going on in a lot of places around the country and these violent situations and, you know, deaths and whatnot. So, um, you know, I've come across one of those tragedies yesterday and, um, it was, it was quite a surreal situation. Um, it, the, the weird part is that I'm not entirely, I don't know if it's because I'm jaded to everything or, you know, it would, whatnot, but you know, I was more inclined to help out others and, you know, there was near and to the situation or whatnot or whatever but it was just to see what's going on that you see everything that you see on the news and everything going on in front of my face it was just crazy it was surreal and i just reminds me of like at one point that could have been me and it just makes me so grateful to be able to talk to all of you right now on this show to be able to get these opportunities to get to talk to some of the people to get to know some of the people that I have had the opportunity of talking to right now. And I say that to say this, to close it out on that note is folks be very safe. When you head out on these streets, be very, very safe. When you're out in these streets, think smartly. If you're a parent, please continue to raise your kids or please raise your kids to be safe in these streets, to do the right things, to be, you know, to know, to use critical thinking when all of this is, you know, all these things is going on. Nobody is guaranteed. No one is guaranteed a long life in this world. I just want us to all be able to live better as better as we can. And it's not easy, especially depending on what cultural you know society and community that you're doing who constantly are fighting for resources and and opportunities but um yeah man uh just let's let's try to you know keep it up man just keep on the right side of things do your best don't be afraid to come close to anybody don't be afraid to reach out to anybody because you never know you just never know so um, we're going to get through this episode regardless. I'm going to make sure that we have fun from this point on, that we enjoy our favorite fandoms from this point on. And I'm going to get through this because part of this is not only my journal, this is partly my therapy, along with the fact that I do have a therapist and he's going to get an earful this week. Trust me, <laughs> he's going to have a doozy of a session this week. But nonetheless, folks, let's get on with the show. We got a lot of news to talk about. And thank you for giving me the time to actually express this, by the way. Um, I, if any of you have ever been through any type of situations or known anybody of any situations, man, just, you know, let them know, just stick with them, be there for them. 
you know? So I digress. We got a lot of news to talk about this week. Um, we're following up on some things that I talked about in our video game podcast. We got um, some new news involving some anime news of one of my all-time favorite animes that is coming into live action. has been talked about for quite some time. It's now coming into fruition. It is happening. And, you know, I'm slightly excited about this. So we're going to talk about this. I am not excited about other projects that I'm going to be mentioning as well in this episode. I um, also am going to be talking about a little bit uh, about predictions on next week's um, San Diego Comic-Con. It's coming next week and I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm looking forward to possibly what we're going to hear uh, during next week. So, and on our talk topic of the week, we're going back to Miss Marvel because the first season has ended. I want to give my full opinion and review of the entire season plus the bombshell news that we got from the from the uh, last episode in the end credit scene that we've been waiting for. So let's not waste any time, folks. Thank you again. And let's find out what's new in the world of ACMG. And now it's time to find out what's new in the world of ACMG. folks we're gonna start this news off with one of my all-time favorite animes and and if you want to talk just a clear top three animes that i of all time for me in my list it's going to be dragon ball at the top because that was the first that i've really kicked into naruto will probably be the second arguably the second but just a shy off a third is one that people don't talk about much but they're going to talk about it soon because this is now being adapted into a live action thanks to netflix and that is yu yu hakusho and this is a this is basically a show about a kid who dies but winds up coming back to life as a spirit detective and he's going on all these different cases he has a new spiritual power called the ray gun um Yusuke Yurameshi goes around, teams up with Hiei and Kurama and Kuwabara, and they solve these different cases. They get into these really awesome, crazy battles. Um, so one of the best and greatest tournament sagas of all time comes in a dark tournament saga from this series. And, you know, if you read or watched anything from Shonen Jump, then you know one of their biggest things is that every single anime that they create or manga that they have in their magazine always has some sort of a tournament saga in there dragon ball has had it um naruto has had their own way to tune in exam um i believe one piece might have had it yu yu Hakusho, absolutely fairy tale i believe might have had one as well i mean like just so forth and so on like there's if shonen jump has always had a tournament saga in their shows but the dark tournament saga was so awesome and if you didn't get a chance, if you've never watched this series, it's on streaming right now. You can go to Crunchyroll and watch it there. You can go to Hulu, watch it there. There's so many different ways to watch this series. For some reason, Netflix got the rights and the license to make a live action adaption about it. And we heard about this for a while. We always hear things about what Netflix is trying to do. We don't know. And then some people are actually afraid of the idea of them, you know, doing a live action adaption. Now, They've had mixed reactions in the past for their live action, you know, adaptions to things. Um, I will, we're, we'll talk about 
we'll talk about Cowboy Bebop in a minute, but like uh, I would give an example is Death Note. That was horrible. That was that was a very horrible project that they did. Um, other ones, not so much. There were other live action adaptions that I thought Bleach was pretty good, but even though it wasn't necessarily them, it, that that production was already out prior to uh, Full Metal Alchemist as well. They just added a dub adaption to it, got the original dub cast for it. Um, Full Metal Alchemist was good, but condensed. Like it, they tried to pull a whole bunch of storyline in and jam pack it in and then it left a lot of things out that it really shouldn't have and it was it was just a you know really watered down version of it um cowboy bebop was out too that was met with debating reactions about that um series but we're going to talk about that again soon later on and it's you'll see nonetheless but you know, Yu Yu Hakusho is like a really near and dear to hardcore anime fans, otaku, if you will. And it's happening. We're now seeing teasers being sent, you know, thrown out by Netflix now. Um, it's coming. The first teaser that we got to see was a was four different images, you know, teasing the idea that, you know, showing, you know, Yusuke's ray gun, uh, Hiei's bandage from his head which you know you see the third eye karama's rose all these all these characteristics of which you see from the characters kuwabara's jacket his uh high school jacket whatnot all of that is there so like before i've even read the the, the comments you know the actual comment from the post that netflix put out i immediately knew what this was i'm absolutely excited like seriously you, you this actually from from a respect standpoint, this anime deserves to get this type of treatment. Now the question comes, will they do it justice? One of the things that I feel that they needed to do it justice is not to whitewash this series is to give it like for there's no way like they did. We've seen many, many anime adaptions where they tried to do an Americanized version of it or a whitewash version of it. I'll give a great example. Dragon Ball Evolution. That is, that is the fantastic. That's the Roger Corman Fantastic Four of anime films. Okay, and if anybody has watched Roger Corman's Fantastic Four, the very first Fantastic Four movie to ever been made, you know exactly what I'm talking about there. That shouldn't have never been made, never. Um, this, I'm happy to report that this is not happening. That. The actors so far that they have announced are absolutely representational. Um, we got a first pick of Jun Shison pay, uh, playing uh, Kurama and looks very accurate to the part. Now, granted, the hair is a little bit not exactly, but it was, you know, the hair is always kind of uh, luxurious, prim and prop. So I, I, I dig the look. I, uh, it's really cool. I'm looking forward to it. But then we get the actual picture of Yusuke Yurameshi himself, which is even more important than anything. And he's being played by uh, Takomi Kitamura, and he does look like Yusuke. I mean, they even, you know, they even got the hair kind of like him too, but the look, the attitude, all that stuff, they even got the, uh, both of them are wearing very similar to the similar, you know, costumes or clothing to the actual series so they it looks like that they're trying to 
pay homage to the series and please fans as well i'm looking i, I cannot wait for this um the fact that they're showing pictures now and showing us tease makes me believe that we're going to see a trailer very very soon and with san diego comic-con coming up i can't imagine that we will not see a trailer coming soon there i think fans are i i'm i'm actually a little bit more optimistic about this um than i was for any other project that they had i i even cowboy bebop despite what fan some fans may have thought about the series and again we'll talk about that i actually enjoy cowboy bebop um i love the amount of budget and production that they put into it the um the 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 um, the you know homage and the and the take that they put on there so it'll be interesting to see what they do with this who i'm gonna i'm looking forward to seeing who's actually directing this who's being a part of this um i'm excited i am excited i am very excited i, I for some reason i should be skeptical i should be cynical about this i'm not for some reason it looks this just by the production art and you know of the you know what we've seen so far it looks really pretty damn good and we know netflix is not going to hold back on a budget on this when they realize that if they're the fact that they're still doing this after everything that they tried to do um that's saying a lot and remember we got one piece coming as well one piece is on its way so and i i admire what netflix is doing netflix is trying to do what marvel studios has done what dc has done this is their realm they're trying to now capitalize on doing live action versions of anime characters of anime series the same way that they were able to do you know what marvel was able to do with their platforms and dc was trying to do with their platforms what technically greg berlanti has done with that with that platform and and, and you know make money off it why not i i knew that somebody was going to do this eventually so netflix has the budget money and power to do this i i just want to see it to be successful if they could pull it off this one one of these one of these shows have to be successful one of these shows have to really do it because you know luckily they got stranger things which is a whole original series for them and they they want to market off of the anime situation not just you know by streaming anime original shows that they have but actually capitalizing on anime in general so here i look i wish them luck i hope that this comes out great because i hope they really do this justice like i'm really really big on yu yu and again if nobody if, if you're an anime fan out there or a new age anime fan i should say who may have you know who've been focusing on all of the newest animes that's been out which is fine but find out why that they're willing to want to invest in this anime and in the 90s before naruto before bleach the most popular animes ever of that time the, the, like huge dragon ball managed to survive through the ages yu yu Hakusho, you know because they stopped you know creating episodes and stuff like that and nobody was really mentioning it after a while but in 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 the heat of the 90s dragon ball z and yu yu Hakusho was considered widely considered the hottest anime series in, out there at the time like there were still plenty of animes right there but the success of yu yu Hakusho and dragon ball z wasn't compared like it was it was michael jackson and prince you know it was you know nintendo and sega 
you know that's what you were giving off with these two they were so majorly popular back then and then you you somehow went away and then the next generation came the next generation of you know those two would probably would be um the torch will be passed to naruto and bleach those two were considered like the equivalent of these two for the next generation and then after that it was you know my hero academia who became the new dragon ball in a sense but still not really as great as my hero academia is i still argue that it is still has yet to get grasp the popularity and you know mainstream success that dragon ball has done because people even now people know who goku is goku and dragon ball z has been referenced in so many different things in in pop culture from hip-hop uh albums to wrestling moves to like there's a character there's a character i mean there's a wrestler keith lee who calls his finisher the spirit bomb okay like that's saying a lot i mean ronda rousey used to train and come out to the ring with dragon ball z gear and in fact she she credits goku for her inspiration for training because that basically because of his work ethic and training and it, it, it inspired her to do the same thing you know so i would argue anybody that would say dragon ball z is better like pop from a pop cultural standpoint nothing is beating dragon ball z but yu yu Hakusho absolutely deserves as much credit in in uh referencing and credibility to this and i really hope that this series does it justice i'm looking forward to the trailer i got a feeling that's one of my predictions that we will talk about in a bit is that um we're gonna see a trailer for that too so we will see um other news we talked about i talked about in the earlier segment that some things i'm not excited about this may be one of them but i'm so intrigued by this at the same time for those who don't know your beloved characters of the hundred acre woods is getting a horror adaption to this winnie the uh, winnie the pooh blood and honey is seen to be moving forward we got a new uh you know movie poster for it and the, the, the movie poster just looks haunting as hell there i'm going to talk about a, another movie that trailer that has arrived uh but reference this to that too in a minute so after we've seen pictures of this we've seen you know there are pictures online of this with this somebody's wearing a winnie the pooh costume or i don't know if it's supposed to be actually winnie the pooh but he looks very nightmarish like you know the way if you watch the original disney series with the heffalumps and how nightmarish they were supposed to be no the heffalumps which are, which are elephants by the way the heffalumps don't compare in comparison to what winnie the pooh looks like in this thing i don't know what the premise of this is going to be i don't know what i just know that we've seen you know winnie the pooh in the most horrible way possible man and piglet is on this poster too like it just looks crazy um this is, and, and the poster says this ain't no bedtime story so man there, there are people on our acmg facebook group saying like this ain't right <laughs> um and somebody else said they could have sworn that this is a bs project until i looked into it more now i'm super curious about it and i i had to explain to people people are wondering how are they able to get away with this or how are they able to do this well here's the situation 
here's a part that a lot of people don't understand that I'm going to explain to you now. Um, cause part of what I do is graphic design and, and, and web design and branding for, uh, for clients. So one of the things that you have to learn when you do graphic design and you create logos and you create brands for people is that there's copywriting and trademarking copyright laws usually state that if once the author or artist dies passes away that it is highly guarded it is protected for up to 50 years past you know you know past the uh the passing of the author or the artist you know the content so once 50 years come their content is public domain i don't know if you guys realize this but the happy birthday song that people weren't able to sing at one point was one of those things it was copywritten and you would have to pay the author or whatever or the estate to actually sing that song on um on tv or whatnot you weren't able to do it but now 50 years have passed and now it's public domain once something gets once something goes public domain that gives everybody free reign to use the intellectual property as well this is what happened with winnie the pooh the original author of winnie the pooh no longer with us 50 years past the um copyright is null and void now it is officially public domain which means anybody can come in and you know you know take uh creative liberties with certain intellectual properties now because it's 50 years past they're not making money off it nobody is a holder of the estate anymore so that plays a factor to it now so that's how this is actually happening and this is gonna be interesting i don't think this is like at the end of the day even when this comes out i don't know if this movie will overwhelm the ideal of the original winnie the pooh storybook or even the disney version as well i don't know it, it's i think this is going to be like a one-time kick or thing if this continues if this actually makes it to success this may change the frame of winnie the pooh and disney is going to have to work on something i'm surprised excuse me i'm really surprised disney has not reacted or even you know pushed further to try to buy the rights to winnie the pooh i don't understand this like this is winnie the pooh is a major part of their of their you know branding is a major part of their their franchise and and their you know for years when you think winnie the pooh you is synonymous with disney so i don't understand why they haven't fought hard for this to make sure that nobody else takes what they have made out of this because part of the success of winnie the pooh wasn't just the storybook itself it was the movies that were made from disney based on that story so this is going to be, a, you know, I guess this is going to be very interesting to see how they, how this comes out, how this movie is looked at, how the fans feel about this movie. You know, well, this is a make or break. You know, this could change the, the dynamic of what we think of Winnie the Pooh, man. So we will see. Speaking of changing the dynamic of what we think of certain beloved, you know, series or movies. I'm going to get my thoughts on Rob Zombie's The Monsters. We've heard about this for quite some time. Rob Zombie was making a movie based on the monsters. And, you know, Rob Zombie, you know, rock legend, you know, horror rock legend, I would say metal god, if you will. I thought that we were going to see something very different from 
what we were expecting of the original series, which, you know, first appeared in 1964. For those who don't know what The Monsters is, The Monsters is a sitcom series that focuses on actual monsters, your iconic, you know, monsters of that time, you know, Frankenstein, um, you know, Frankenstein's Bride, Dracula, all this stuff, but they're family. They're family of monsters that have come together and lived in a neighborhood and the neighborhood is freaked out because these people are living next to them and it's weird which is just which is totally the 60s that they would be freaked out about somebody who's different from them so the monsters have come back in the eyes of rob zombie and rob zombie has come out with and done some really really intriguing interesting horror themed you know projects um I'm just really surprised that he went about it this way and it's not to what people was expecting when he found out that Rob Zombie was doing a, a movie based on the monsters. We thought we were going to get a different vibe, a different feel, whatnot. Instead, looking at this trailer, we get virtually the same thing that we seen in 1964, like accurately nailed it. And, you know, he nailed the, the look and feel of it. But that's the problem. We wanted to see a little bit, something a little bit more upgraded. Like it, what I say is he he nailed it. If you watched the original Monsters, it's 1964. So they don't, 1964, you didn't have, you didn't even have color. It was all in black and white. These special effects were, you know, cheesy as hell because they didn't have the technology that we have now. The costume design, everything was just not there. Rob Zombie decided to go exactly the way that the original series did. The difference is the, the, the most evolved part about this thing is that it's in, it's in color in HD and 4k or whatever like that. It's that's pretty much it, but everything is virtually the same. Now, granted, a lot of times we look at, you know, some adaptions to things. And we look like, we're, like we were just talking about with Yu Yu Hakusho. We were talking about with um, most of the Marvel cinematic movies and whatnot, any like DC films or whatever. We want to see accuracy to some things. And that's cool because accuracy in terms of something that was done in the sixties, you want to see an upgrade. This thing, even remember the Adams family, when the Adams family first came out, that was a much more upper, you know, upper echelon feel. It was like it was a better production of what we saw from that time, which was around the time, you know, the Adams family was around exactly around the same time that the Monsters was out. And it was had really had the same premise. The Adams family was done so well. Still to this day, the Adams family is one of the most awesome, you know, film adaptions ever. And it was, and it met. It was met with tremendous success um, back then. I mean, remember when like Hammer and all this stuff was a part of it? They they campaigned and made a big production out of this thing. There were two movies that came out of it. It looked like they put money into this and 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 you know brought it into the modern era. Not this one. Not this one at all. This it looks so cheesy and campy like the original film. And you know people was expecting something a little bit more. So the story of this from the trailer, you know, tells the origin story of how Lily, played by Sherry Moon Zombie, who I guess that maybe is Rob Zombie's wife, 
is looking for a husband and gets it in the form of Herman Monster, played by Jeff Daniels Phillips, who is also seeking a soulmate. Grandpa, played by Daniel Ro uh, Roebuck, is not excited about the idea that Herman is coming in to, you know, be with Lily, and he tries to find ways to get rid of him. This is like your classic monsters type of premise, and I that part I don't mind. That is classic monsters right there. So they got that right. But the look of it and everything, fans of the old series are, you know, thinking that they were getting a big budget upgrade, but instead it looked it, we we're getting with this. It, you know, people are slamming this hard. People are really, really slamming this hard on um, social media right now, man. It, it's 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 incredible. Um, people are not happy. Like one in particular, one in particular uh, comment says, "Remember the old Sega CD live action games? This looks like that." <laughs> he said. Uh, another one says, "I'm going to watch this not because it's good, but just because it looks terrible, and I think it will be a good laugh." This is definitely Mystery Science Theater 3000 level bad. You know, this looks like a high budget. This looks like a big budget high school film project. You know, stuff like that. Like people are burying this right now. I don't know if this is a trick from Rob Zombie. Will we see an actual updated? I don't know what's going on here, but I think this is going to, you know, it's the, you know, it's the funny part. This may be more, this may become more popular than we think. I think just the first time around, I think people will watch this. I think they will get money for this just from the spectacle aspect of this. Um, like I, I, when I think of this, I think of shows like our, our movie projects like Sharknado. Sharknado was so bad but it met with so much fanfare and popularity because of how bad it was that it wound up being actually more popular than it was bad. I think this can actually be that. And it could be, it could actually be a benefit to them. You know, it, that's the thing that, you know, that's going to be the twist side of this. You know, people are saying how bad it is now, but I got a feeling they're going to watch it. I got a feeling that people are going to watch it. Me? Eh, nah. I'm, 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 I'm chill off. I'm not, unless they show another trailer of what's going on or whatever. I'm not, but I think this is going to meet some visual success. And I say visual success because people will see it, whether they will like it. That's going to be another thing. Um, if they, if they don't like it, if they watch it, but they don't like it, there's a big chance that we may not see another one. And that's what, that's going to be the situation right there. So I don't know. We'll see how this goes. This is, this is uh, very interesting indeed. I ballsy, if you will. <laughs> so there you have it. So um, let's talk about video game news here. I brought this up on the Select Start video game podcast about Repop taking over E3. So I got an update here and I said that I was going to do this if this happened. Um, I reached out to one of the guys that I work with, one of the producers that I work with on the Repop Metaverse podcast, um, not podcast, but Repop Metaverse panels that I did last year. Um, one of my close knit uh, guys from over at Repop and I wanted to get connect with him to see if I could get any mentions or quotes about how Repop uh, was able to acquire the actual event this is this is a 
absolutely huge deal. An insanely huge deal. So, shout out to him, whose name I won't give up because I don't want people just coming along and starting to reach out to people and him, you know, and, and hoarding emails with him or whatever. But thanks to the folks over at Repop, who I was able to get a quote from the president of Repop, who explains how this acquisition came about. So I'm going to read off the email that I got here. So he specifically said, and this is from President Lance um, Fernsterman, who is the president of Repop, who thanks, uh, thank you to him to reply back to me, you know, with a response like that. Um, he and he quotes we've been talking with the esa uh through several regimens of over multiple years always staying in touch and the timing was right for both of us to create a formal relationship at this time and when he says that that means like yeah this is e3 needs help who better to help them than repop so this was a great way for repop to actually come in and just you know take opportunity this is very opportunistic you know, I, this is great business strategy, if you ask me. He goes on to say, I think the ESA as the as uh, as this ESA, by the way, are the people who were originally running um, or is running E3. So but they're working, partnering with Repop, who is going to take over the event here. So um, I think ESA as this or I, sh I think the ESA as this as a moment to wipes uh, the slate clean and rethink what E3 is and can be thanks to the longstanding relationship and the reputation of Repop, uh, it was an excellent match. For Repop, this is an exceptional opportunity to take, one, uh, take on one of the leading and most iconic events in the global gaming community and for us to create value in the new ways for the video game industry and community that complements our existing fan events and website perfectly. That was from Lance uh, Fernstaman, who is the president. So I agree. I thought this was a great acquisition on Repop. Um, I, I've said it before on the on the uh, Select Star podcast. This was absolutely awesome to hear because from my experience from working with them uh, th since 2018, partnering with them and even working alongside with them since 2018 i've seen nothing but top-notch quality work i am a big fan of companies who really do diligence to a t and repop has always done that i've always been admired like of like companies like disney or repop or san diego uh, comic-con international and and you know places um i'll give credit to uh tony khan with aew at this time who is working their butts off to make sure that they provide a great quality for the money that you're paying for all of what I, all of who i've mentioned does exactly that more than anything and i found that repop does a great job i found with my experience with new york comic-con last year to be awesome considering the significance of it being that it was during the pandemic and how they were able to do things properly i thought was awesome um, how we were able to pull off the metaverse was awesome. Um, just working with them and being able to work with some great people who helped to make what I normally do <laughs> here by myself. So accommodating. It was so awesome. Let me tell you, 
it was a dream to work with repop doing the metaverse panels because it was just me doing what i normally do but with a production team around me with actual people who knew what they were doing who i can rely on who would be able to help me out when i need it who knew what to do you know it was just an awesome feel if it was ever the last time for me to do that i'm glad i was at least able to do it and to be able to do it with such a company like repop it is just mind-blowing so i i'm so looking forward to uh, new york comic-con this year i'm looking forward to covering that event this year again and it's awesome and i if, if i can if i really can because i had people on the acmg facebook group say like now i, I gotta go i'm like yeah that is kind of true but here's what the misconception is of this i'm not rich <laughs> i'm not rich by a long stretch the um it costs a lot of money to travel to the west coast okay it, I, i'm not joking i'm gonna say this san diego comic-con costs me roughly a little over six grand for that entire four day weekend six grand that was including travel that was including hotel that was including um you know uh let me you know swag whatever it does a lot food all that it, it came to six grand you know san diego i mean new york comic-con not as much because we didn't have to you know travel by plane there was no round trip in there so it wasn't nearly that much as that because we're in philadelphia that's new york is not that far away hell we could we could drive there if we really wanted to we drove to brooklyn this year uh with no trouble so you know what i mean it it wasn't nearly as expensive as it was for there but um it costs a lot of money to travel from one place to another so if i'm not getting even if i do get credentials i still gotta think like I got to set up for plane rides. I got to, you know, set up for that. And I'm not too, you know, thrilled to go into airplane, you know, to plane rides at this time. Maybe 2003 will be better than it was this year or last year, or the year before. Um, but man, like it's still kind of iffy with that too. But then it's just, it's just a lot to it. You know, I don't know if I'm, if I will have the means to spend that much money, if I want to spend that much money, but actually I do, <laughs> if, I'll, if I have it, but E3, it is one of my big, you know, fandom bucket list things. I think it's maybe the last big event that I ever really want to attend. And the fact that Repop is now doing it, I am more eager than ever because I have great hopes that they will have the means to make this exactly what they what they've done for New York Comic Con or Keystone or, you know, uh, their other, you know, C2E2. Um, like C2E2 is a huge event for Chicago every year. Um, you got, you know, uh, what is it? One of the small, even the smaller ones like uh, Emerald City always pulls off great. Like these guys do a really great job. Keystone, I hope they come back and do Keystone, but you know, the pandemic really did a number. So I'm pretty sure they had to hold back for a bit before coming back. Fan Expo's here right now. We'll see how they do. Um, they haven't said that they're not ever coming back to New York. I mean, to Philadelphia, by the way. So just keep that in mind. You know, they got things that's going on. I'm sure the pandemic played a part in them having a hold back on what they're going to do. They need to rebuild, restructure. I get it. It happens. But nonetheless, man, um, I'm very excited. I think this is exactly what E3 needed. This is 
Wow. This is, this is, I, what can I, what can I compare this to? SNK versus Capcom. <laughs> this is like these two coming together to create one awesome game. This is what is happening in my mind when I, when I think about this. So I am looking forward to this. Um, we'll get more information when the time comes, but we're down the line. 2023 uh, coming. So we'll see. All right. I mentioned that we were going to talk about Cowboy Bebop, the live action film. Why am I bringing this back up after all this time after they've been canceled due to a few basement dwelling, you know, haters? Well, the reason being is because of all that, these guys get nominated for an Emmy. Okay. Now, granted, it's not for anything that you would consider probably worthy. It wasn't from the performances or anything. Of all things, it was for outstanding main title design, which comicbook.com actually put Titan design. And I was really like, what the hell is Titan design? But it's title design. So basically, according to comicbook.com, a little bit of a typo. We all do it. So no big deal. But they got nominated for an Emmy and it was for outstanding main title design. Now, this makes sense. Of all things, this makes sense. And this is kind of this will kind of play into the argument of whether they really did the show justice or not, because in what they were trying to do, the fact that they were nominated for that speaks volumes because the main title design was a damn near accurate, you know, tribute and homage to the original series. They did exactly the the the, the opening theme was exactly like the original series, which if the original series ever came out in America on live on actual TV, that probably would have gotten an award too, along with the actual series itself. And Steve Bloom probably would have got an Emmy for that one because he deserved he would have deserved it anyway. Um, but the show, um, basically, for those who don't know, you know, outstanding main title design is one of the things that um, you know is an award that is given to uh, cat to uh, people who create and design awesome intros for the shows. One of the things that made the anime series so great is the iconic intro complete with the fantastic opening jazz theme known as Tank. So director Alex Garcia Lopez and Michael uh, Kaderman, you know, managed to nail the, that perfectly with a, the live action version as well. I, in my opinion, I thought they did a great job with the original series. People were complaining and bitching and moaning about that it wasn't accurate to the actual thing. Okay. Here's where I call BS on this, because if if those same people, which I guarantee you they do, I bet you a lot of money that they do. If those same people hated this, but liked the Marvel Cinematic Universe, liked the um, the Belanti uh, Arrowverse, liked I can name it. Good hell, the Godfather, the Hunger Games saga. Hell, my, I haven't watched this, but I'm pretty sure Lord of the Rings wasn't accurate. I'm pretty sure. Um, Twilight possibly wasn't accurate either to the actual source. I'm sure there were some changes. I know there were changes in the Hunger Games uh, saga because I read those books. I know there were changes. Certain characters were changed in there. There were some there, there were some definitely creative liberties taken from that one. There were some creative liberties taken on the Godfather because I read that and did a report on the Godfather and watched the movie and did uh, read the book. There are absolutely some differences and going on in certain things. So 
doing live adaptions and making and taking creative liberties with certain aspects are common are extremely common you don't get much like you, you can't just watch the Watchmen and think that everything is going to be as accurate as the Watchmen because the Watchmen was almost as pretty scene from scene, word from word accurate, as well as I'll give Scott Pilgrim, um, you know, versus the world. Also, that not just some 90, like probably 90 to 95% accurate from the actual graphic novel. Not all of them are going to be like that. Not all of them are going to be like that. They're always going to be adaptions. So if your argument about Cowboy Bebop was just that it didn't do, you know, it didn't play from the actual source, but you liked all of those other ones that I mentioned, you're full of crap. And I would call Netflix full of crap too for, you know, bowing down to the hate, to the vocal minority of haters in that whole entire situation because come on now, that to me was BS. It was total BS. Um, I liked the series. I thought the series was awesome. I thought Frank, um, you know, Frank Cho was dope as Spike Spiegel. Um, I thought all the characters played to, to well to the actual series. And although they didn't go exactly to the storyline, the characters, the the personifications, uh, the personification of the characters, I thought was well done and they nailed it. And it allowed us to focus on other parts of Cowboy Bebop that we never got to in terms of backstories and whatnot. So I hope that the fact that they got an Emmy nomination for this kind of hopefully gets them back into somewhat of an idea of bringing this back because I think there was so many, like we were just getting into the swing of things and everybody's favorite character was brought in at the end which you know the director and all the stuff said that they were arguing about whether it was risky to do that and because they were in fear of the show possibly getting canceled and again i talked about this before about how people fans often make misconceptions about whether shows get you know canceled or why these shows are still around or the popularity of these shows like I'll give an example. Why did um, the Legends of Tomorrow, you know, you can say what you want about Legends of Tomorrow, but that show lasted eight seasons. You know, I spoke about this with Jeff Thorne, who is a showrunner of a and writer of a lot of TV shows, an actor in uh, his own right, you know, of In Heated Night, um, which was a very successful series and a, a, a very successful long running series that he was a part of. He's short run for a lot of series that has lasted more than his fair share okay and he off and explained in our you know ex talk to live exclusive which you can watch on talktownlive.com that if these shows get more seasons than that then that means they have a big viewership and they have a viewership that is keeping them afloat so no matter to what vocal minority claims that they, you know, the show wasn't popular because, you know, but it lasted eight years. You're wrong because clearly it's still around because they, people are watching. And if people are watching, that means the sponsorship revenue is kicking in and sponsors are willing to pay to put their product on the time slots of all of those places. So if they're making money from sponsorship revenue, they're keeping the show on. That means the show is is continuing to be successful. Even Black Lightning lasted for three seasons before it properly ended. 
because people are watching. So much to the people who think they understand, they know stuff. This is why I keep telling you guys, please watch my exclusive interviews or listen to my exclusive interviews on the show because you'll learn a thing or two about how things are really done in the industry from the people who are in the industry. So, but nonetheless, congratulations to the, uh, to the uh, people of who put together Cowboy Bebop, they got nominated. I think is well deserved because it played absolutely accurate to the deal, and it just it just the fact that they got an Emmy nomination shows how awesome not only that that show was, but also how awesome the actual anime was because they captured everything what was so great about the anime in that show. So, all right, folks. That will do it for what's new in the world of ACMG. We're going to take a break, come back, and I will give my full thoughts on the entire season of Miss Marvel season one. And we'll do that right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go! Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on TalkTimeLive.com. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live! This is Charlotte Chung and Fred Tatashore. And you're listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Time Live. Live! Do it. And now it's time for our talk topic of the week. Ready? Wait. Folks, we are back with our talk topic of the week, and it is my full review of season one of Miss Marvel. Thank goodness I'm saying season one because that means it's gonna be a season two. And my goodness, what a great treat did we get out of this season? And nobody ex- expected what we were getting from this we were wondering if they were going to get it right we were wondering if this was going to be accurate we were wondering if uh lead actress iman Vellani would actually be able to embody the role of kamala khan all that was answered in just six episodes and the answer is yes they did with a passion this has been an absolutely awesome series I would probably say the most surprising of all the series that has come out so far. We didn't know what to expect from this. We didn't know how this was going to come out. We didn't. We we here we have an actor in Aman uh, Villani who this is her very first role of anything. <laughs> okay, I don't think she in interviews she's ever said she did plays. She did you know. To, I, I I don't know how this happened to an extent, but she this is a lesson to people like if you feel that you have the skills, the, the the abilities to do what you say you're going to do, go out there and do it. Because she did it. She reached out. She took a chance. And she got it. And she ran with it. This, I, I hate to put my own self in this, in, in some similarity case, but this was like me when I was work, when I first started working at Repop and I got the opportunity to work with them and they gave me the opportunity to host my show on a major platform with them in collaboration with them and we did the the uh what was it we did too we did the street fighter panel 
and we worked on the Voices of Overwatch panel and they gave me full reign with this. And I'm, here I am just I've never done a live show. I've never done a live show before ever. And here I have what, you know, listeners and people, you know, fans of the Overwatch, you know, guests and Fred Tatashore and Charlotte Chung all here to talk about that. And I had to be the moderator or host of this whole thing. So I had to hold my own with 300 people in there. And then another, a few, you know, a few hundred, like maybe a hundred or something people in another one. This was, it's just like that. It's like, all right, I'm going to show why I'm here. I'm going to show why you chose me. I'm going to show what I can put to the table. And it rocked and it became one of, you know, the Overwatch panel alone became one of like the second biggest, you know, panel of Keystone Comic Con next to Tom Holland. That's saying a hell of a lot. Okay. So. I am a huge fan now of Amon Villani, just based off of her story, based off of her personality, her charisma. She is just awesome. And she is officially a star after this. She is she has made herself into something so big and so special. I so appreciate her. And she just she she glows on camera. I can't I just I was I watched this show and could and just was just at all at how comfortable she felt and came off on this in this show i mean like it was just like she didn't realize there was a camera there she was just being herself and almost in the same fashion that like will smith does when he does portrayals and acting and everything or how he did when he first did fresh prince of bel-air because people seldomly forget that dude was a rapper he was a hip-hop artist before he even got on the camera and every time he gets on camera his charisma just flew off that like you gotta put this on a different platform she has that same vibe and I thought it was just awesome to see every single time and I I remember just watching the first episode alone that really drew me in because they really captured what made Kamala Khan so great and that is her fandom for Captain Marvel and I just absolutely just also because I like her voice sound like if you watch the animated series or play the um any of the video games that involve Kamala Khan like uh Marvel uh ultimate alliance 3 or you know the recent marvel avengers or even animated series that disney um would come out with you know that how really giddy and how much of a fangirl she is and she really embodied that character why because she actually is a fan of that character she read that book before even become or knowing that she was going to be this she cosplayed that as that character you know back then so I, the whole it was just great work in motion you know fans creating fan quality films and series i love this um just the series alone man it's just so great and we got uh, episode six the, the season finale and we remember last week that the show was a little bit shorter and it focused on the the uh story of aisha the great grandmother of kamala and how she was able to get a hold of the bangle and you know the clandestine and, and such and all that and it really it was a really great episode because it told a lot about pakistani and indian uh history which a lot of people did not know about myself included and i'm married to somebody from who's you know from indian descent um it was just an amazing, amazing episode to follow. And just we were like, how are they going to close this off? Because it came off really short, open, like really kind of didn't fill the holes in. So like next week's episode has to be at least up to hour. It has to really pay off. 
and we gotta get the biggest payoff for this. Well, not only did we get the biggest payoff for this, but we got way more than we ever thought we were gonna get, and it opened the door to something completely big by just saying one word and listening to one tune. So overall, man, like this series was awesome. Uh, I love what they did at the end. Damage control being a big part of this as well. Um, funny story because, you know, one of the people in there was Agent Clary, who I didn't realize was also on Spider-Man No Way Home. He interrogated Peter and, and uh, the rest of the gang and MJ and all of them when they were arrested for the Mysterio situation. So there is that immediate connection to this situation. So it is, it's just been fantastic. Uh, Alisa, uh, Alisa Reiner was really good in here. I mean, like if you watched her in Orange is New Black, this is right up her alley. She played this to AT as Agent Dever or Dever, who I, I believe we're not going to see the last of her. Um, she, be, she got really rogue on episode six, started, um, you know, taking liberties you know, and take a command and, you know, went into the high school, which is like a bad deal for damage control to do, because you got to remember damage control is an agency created by Tony Stark and Tony Stark would never have, you know, if Tony Stark was still around, he would never have approved of this. By the way, Adrian, um, Mayette, we're going to see again too. I, I truly believe he may be the new Coulson damage control is becoming the new shield here where now, I guess Nick Fury is going to go to different things. We're going to see him in the Marvels as well. So I am very much looking forward to all of this. It was just fantastic. The clandestine was awesome. Um, Najma was just fantastic. Played by uh, Nimra uh, Butcher. And um, Butcher. Uh, is Butcher or Butcher? I'm probably butchering it. <laughs> but she was awesome. She was just fantastic. Everybody in here was great. Nakia was a really great side character to them. Bruno. Uh, was just absolutely great. And I don't, I've read in articles that he said that he was in a running to become Peter Parker and he does have Peter Parker vibes. Uh, and I get totally why he, you know, may have not, he may like Tom Holland beat him, but the dude really does give all Peter Parker vibes. If anything, he could be Ben Raleigh <laughs> in this case. So, um, the mom, I got to talk about her, you know, uh, Maniba, uh, Khan, who is played by uh, Zenobia uh, Shroff, I thought she was magnificent. And I, you know what I loved about her is that I felt like she gave me mom vibes. She really gave me mom's vibes in this whole thing. Like at the beginning, I, I recently, like yesterday, rewatched the entire season all over again. Um, which is probably like the third time I've watched it because every week when I would talk about it on this show, I would rewatch it twice to make sure I get everything down. Watch it the first time just for enjoyment, right? Watch it the second time to gather notes. Um, but I watched it like this is probably the third watch that I have. And I at first I was kind of like not really feeling the character because I thought she was just way too stern and protective. But watching it for the third time, I get the comedic side of her and the warm side of her. You know, she would be stern. But then she would be warm and open and welcoming. But you would rarely see it the first, if you watched it the first time around. And then you see the comedic moments with her. I, it took me three episodes, three times to watch this to see that. And I end up loving her even more by the end. 
because she especially when she started embracing Kamala even more when she figured out and understood because she, last episode she discovered that she was you know uh nightlight <laughs> and, um as the people are calling her thanks to Zoe and um you know this was just awesome it's just how she embraced it and the family is now embracing it and just the everything from the cultural aspect of the series she's just been great speaking of Zoe we figured out Zoe came off like she was going to be the Flash Thompson of this uh series because there were parts of the show that really felt like you know Spider-Man-ish but Zoe being the Flash Thompson kind of like the hater of the bunch really we find out that she's not that person and when they uh decided to start you know planning what they're going to do with damage control you know being at the school and trying to find bruno and um and cameron played by uh rich uh shosh we find out zoe was in there the whole time and not only was zoe in the school and realized that they were there but zoe also knew that kamala was you know the superhero that saved her and unlike flash thompson especially in the comics she became she respected him more you know what i'm saying so it was like it was really really awesome unlike flash thompson like who in no way home he found out that it was uh you know that's peter parker or spider-man and he wanted to bank off it so <laughs> she didn't do any of that so she ended up being more of a friend of hers and it also helped them get more exposure by putting everything that damage control was doing on social media and it was awesome the way they did this. I loved it because it, it met for a really great climatic end when Cameron uh, was facing Kamala and trying to, you know, calm him down from attacking damage control, especially when she found out that, you know, uh, his mom, uh, Najma, basically died, you know, trying to get through that portal. And here's another thing that people probably don't realize either. I think the reason why they couldn't get through that portal is because they only had one bangle. And if you look at the flashback with, uh, with uh, Aisha, she explains that there are two bangles. They could only find one. They were going to try to do it with one, even though I think they need both to go into the portal that takes them to the other dimension that is connected to our dimension or Earth dimension, I should say. So they both their dimensions are intertwined, and that's what the Red Dagger was trying to explain to uh, Kamala. But they needed two uh, two bangles to do it. So my theory is that next season somebody's going to find that second bangle. And something's going to happen where they they're going to end up going into the other side. That's just my prediction. That's my theory, because the other bangle is still in question. They said that they couldn't find it. They only had this one and they needed both to get back home. But without that, it, it, it will kill them. So they managed to make that happen. Uh, you know, she managed to get Cameron, calm him down and let him see logic and make sure that you know what he was doing was you know his mom sacrificed for him so he needs to do you know do right by his power and his responsibility it really was a very spider-man-esque type of situation here um you know uncle ben is uncle ben-esque type of situation here so she managed to get him uh have him escape so he could return to uh pakistan and meet with the dude from the red daggers and um then they ended up dealing with damage control and this is when it was became awesome because the entire community came in to protect her including including the local cops the local cops came in and you know backed up saying that they were you know no this woman saved our life 
and we want to protect her. This is our hero. You know, this Jersey has a hero now. So they managed to do that. Damage control came in. She managed to escape. Um, Agent Cleary called, fired um, Agent Daver on a spot. And that was that. I, I, I'm telling you, this is not the last time we're going to hear from her. I think she's going to come back in some form of fashion as a villain. And they need to not waste her because she's always played a great antagonist. If you watch Orange in the News, um, Orange is the New Black, she kind of played sort of kind of the same character on there as well. So I uh, really, really appreciate all the, all the supporting characters in here were awesome. This has been a great series. I mean, six episodes in it. Yeah, it wasn't a lot, but they gave us a lot to work with here. We got to see Kamala come to life. We got to see a whole new beautiful culture that many people don't see the light of. I mean, we see the news and articles for years on the Muslim culture, the Pakistani culture, the Indian culture, and it's always stereotyped. Disney and Marvel managed to make this into a beautiful collage of cultural beauty in that community. And I thought this was awesome while also paying homage and tribute to Jersey and Bon Jovi in the process. So added all that into it as well. Uh, I don't really have a particular famous favorite episode. I loved them all. The first episode where it kind of really introduced her. Uh, the second episode where she was training for it. The third episode where... You know, they had the wedding and everything, which was a beautiful, beautiful scene. One of my favorite scenes of the whole entire season, I can tell you that. Um, episode four, when they traveled to Pakistan to find out more about what was going on and met with Red Dagger. Um, the fifth episode, which is really a culturally in that episode that, you know, we got to learn from. And this episode where we not only get to see her full blast Kamala Khan, we got to see her as Miss Marvel. We got to see how she was named as Marvel from her father how she got the um the awesome costume that was given to her by her mother which i was wondering how when did her mom get the chance to make that for her like it was all of a sudden she just had this costume i don't know if she got it back to her it wasn't explained properly whether she got it during you know made during avenger con or whatnot but that's the costume that she got her with and it was awesome because it showed support but then again that that's another thing the timeline between her and the uh costume isn't right because they went to pakistan she broke kamala broke her um her necklace with, that had her name in arabic and then it showed like what the broken piece was looking like the the symbol that the thunder symbol that she has on her costume so how long did it take for her to design that costume that's that's kind of kind of the loophole with this thing but it, it's not going to take away from any of what happened um so they managed to get that done but we got to talk about the end of this because in the end a week later after everything happened bruno comes with uh with Hassan's uh, car. Okay, I'm sorry, not Hassan's. He comes He comes driving Cameron's car because Cameron had to leave the country. So nobody's manning it. So Nakia and Kamala are trying to, you know, grab the, uh, the car from him, which by the way, they have no right because my man lost his home and his store, which I believe he owned. He, he did clarify that he did explain that he lived on his own. He didn't have parents, yet he lived in an apartment above and he ran the store below so i am leading to believe that he owned the store and he lived on his own that's the interesting part a teenager 
Like, this is crazy. <laughs> so I that also needed to be explained as well. But nonetheless, he got a hold of Bruno's car. He got the keys and everything. And they, you know, kind of snuck the keys from him. The key has stole the keys from him. But in the midst of this, Bruno told Kamala that something different is going to is happening with her. And it's not just the fact that she acquired the powers from the bangle. He told her that her DNA is different from her family's and that her DNA is changing and it's becoming some form of mutation. And it's right there and then that we hear the X-Men theme song, which changes everything. Comic book readers. You remember that time when the Scarlet Witch just uh, whispered three words, no more mutants, and then mutants went away? In this universe, the opposite happens. Bruno says the word mutation, and we got our first mutant in Kamala Khan, who in this universe is not an inhuman. She is becoming a mutant. So to all of those people who managed to talk about film adaptions and inaccuracies, but still love the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but hated Cowboy Bebop because it wasn't accurate, what do you got to say about this? Because Kamala Khan, the inhuman in everywhere else, is becoming a mutant in this universe. The same way um, Monica Rambeau was Captain Marvel in another universe in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. In this universe, she is becoming a mutant. The first mutant announced in the MCU. What do you guys say about that now? See how this came full circle? So... <laughs> We are getting the X-Men. They are coming. It's official. I mean, it wasn't just the fact that we saw Professor X in another universe. We are getting the X-Men slowly but surely. This reminded me, this scene reminded me exactly of the end credit scene in Ant-Man. Remember when um, Falcon or Captain America was actually uh, looking for uh, Scott Lang and he went to his his media source and a media source was like are you looking for somebody who swings are you looking for somebody who climbs are you look which gave us a hint that spider-man was coming and then what happened we got our spider-man on, on civil war the x-men are coming and with san diego comic-con coming next week it's all possibilities that a lot of things will be announced after this point okay so we got it we not only that was this was the this was the cake on top of a cake because the cherry on top was the biggest payoff at the end and i'm like okay we're near the end of this there's no way they need to end this off without showing brie larson aka captain marvel aka carol danvers in this there's no way so credits roll up and we get an end credit scene and we get Kamala slain on her bed her mom saying you know get your science studies going on all of a sudden the bangle is glowing all of a sudden she gets up slow down all of a sudden she kind of teleports into the closet breaks the closet door and then comes out Brie Larson in Captain Marvel gear Carol Danvers is finally shown here. We get our payoff, but in a different, more significant way. Because if you guys remember, 
upon the talk about new mutations coming within Kamala, we also didn't see something in the entire show that is a, a, something that Kamala is known for. In the comics, Kamala and not only polymorph, which is a different, which is a different ability that she has right now. In my opinion, she has a, her her abilities now are better than the polymorph uh, forms, which it looked too much like Reed Richards stretching type of uh, ability in the comic book. So it was like, ah, we already got a stretch guy. Why do we need another stretch person? But in here, I like the fact that it's an aura of energy coming across from her that she can use to form and everything. So one of the other abilities that her polymorphing abilities were able to let her do is to change and appear as anybody she sees. This is what's happening right now. So this is not actually Carol Danvers or Miss Marvel. This is her turning into Captain Marvel because she has all these Captain Marvel posters and everything around. And she's becoming the one person that she idolized the most. So this is leaving us with a, you know, kind of a, um, a cliffhanger for the new um, Captain Marvel sequel called The Marvels. I am so looking forward to this. Uh, hopefully we'll get more again. San Diego Comic Cons coming next week. And with that, a lot of announcements are coming because Marvel Studios is returning to Hall H. And with that said before, because next week, we're going to be doing a bunch of highlights and rundowns of all the news that are coming from San Diego Comic-Con. So that's going to be the entire show from there, guaranteed. Um, but before I even talk about my predictions of Hall H, because the show was already awesome and what they produced and the representation that they did and everything that they did, this was already getting an A. But you add the fact with Carol Danvers or Brie Larson making a, making a much needed appearance at the end and then in its most significant way and then followed by the unexpected announcement that the x-men are coming and kamala is a mutant and this this show gets an a plus i've watched it three times i've enjoyed every one of every each and every time i'm so looking forward to seeing her and you know you know collaborate with the other you know characters in the marvel cinematic universe just such a great deal. I'm looking forward to seeing with more from Damage Control too, and see how this comes out. But awesome, awesome six episode series, just tremendous. So, all right, before we end this show, I want to give my predictions on what I think we were going to see for Hall H and everything else. I already, um, I definitely think that in terms of Marvel, I think we're getting a Black Panther, uh, Wakanda Forever trailer next week i absolutely think it's coming um i think that we may get something from the marvels we may be getting something because you know we don't know how long the production was for this but i think we're getting a few trailers i think we're getting a few trailers of things that and because it's hall h we might even get yeah i, I just possible that i think fans at hall h may get a first look at the first episode of she hawk um there's a lot of things I believe that may actually happen in this episode and, and next week uh, panel as well. We may get Blade. We, I mean, there's there's a lot of productions going on right now. You know, Blade may be uh, also be you know more information done, or if not a trailer or whatnot to that. So they they wouldn't be coming to San Diego Comic Con without bringing in major impactful goods. They're coming for a reason because they got a lot to to show. Uh, I mean, Ironheart, all, all these shows that we haven't gotten a chance to see yet, we may get more information of. 
I am so excited and I'm so happy that they're coming back to San Diego Comic-Con. It ain't funny, man. So, but who knows? It's possible we may get a first look or view of the Marvels as well. I mean, it's just so much. And Kevin Feige did say he will announce the new big saga for the Marvel Cinematic Universe and who will be the new bad guy. Is it going to be Krang or uh, Kang the Conqueror? I think it's, I think it should be. It better be. <laughs> Because we haven't seen the last of them. I, we, you know, it was just the beginning of the low key. So we'll see. We'll see how this goes. We, the cosmic aspect of the MCU is in. Like this phase four is fully developed the cosmic aspect to a T. I thought they did a good job doing it. And um, I think we're going to see more of it all come soon. So we'll stay tuned for that. But folks, that will do it for this edition of Talk Time Live. Thank you guys ever so much. I usually say I hope that this episode helps all of you who are going through all your situations and trials and tribulations for a day. We take an hour or so just to, you know, get away. But this episode actually helped me, you know, in particular. And I, I had to really force myself to do it today. I was going to do it on a Monday, take some time off, but I didn't want to truly dwell on it, on a situation at, at hand that it has happened. And this really did help. And um, I hope that this helped you as much as it helped me as well folks so thank you so much for being for for taking time to listen to this episode if you're a new listener to this episode thank you so very much i hope you come back to listen to more and if you love this episode and every episode of talk time live acmg presents talk time live i should say check us out on talktimelive.com the official page of all things anime comics movies and games you can check out that website all of our audio episodes there our video exclusive interviews with some really awesome people in the world of anime comics movies and games there and you can also check out blog information and entries that i put in uh one of which i just added on for my the top 10 favorite dreamcast games on air as well my retro replay rundown blogs so you can check that there too uh really cool you know blog entry if you like reading blogs and blog entries and all the stuff is on air and uh just check it out it's over there if you are listening to this and every show on a podcast platform we are available everywhere where podcasts are played including spotify iHeartRadio, apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, stitcher podbean tune in audible pocketcast pandora shout out to all you guys on tumblr because we listen to you're listening to us on there as well so folks that will do it for me on behalf of myself this is Dak Xavier Josiah saying, learn to let go, live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I am out here. Please have a great, and I mean it, safe week. Take care. for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.